0: Welcome to another edition of TM3 Impact. My name is Tomas Martinez. I'm the host. And today, boy, oh boy, do we have a show. We have none other than Bravo's million-dollar listing, Josh Altman, in the building. You know him. You've seen him. Trust me, you don't want to miss this show. He shares some amazing tips whether you're in real estate, whether you're an entrepreneur, doesn't matter. But listen, this show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors. So I got to make sure to plug Luxury Home Magazine and Spanish Grove Academy, the number one Spanish immersion pre K in SA. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Trust me, share this, be ready because somebody you know is going to love hearing this podcast. Let's begin. Welcome to another edition of TM3 Impact. I am joined by none other than Josh Stinking Altman, man. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here, man. Wait, wait. Is this your podcast or is this my podcast? Hey, man. hey, We what, want what, what to do the Josh Altman takeover?
1: No, is, I, you know, I have a podcast. I didn't know that.
0: Is it come the All, on, dollars, no cents? That that all the dollars No Dude, Sense? Is that the one? All Dollars No Sense. Dude, that's a good one. I did listen to it. You I, well, when you come
1: out to LA, we'll have to have you on.
0: I'll be ready. All right. I'll be ready. Well, listen, I want to thank you. We've had a pretty interesting day. Got to see some really cool stuff today. That's what I love about you. First of all, you're a very dear friend of mine.
1: You're my only friend in San Antonio. And, uh, uh, you know, when I called you up and I said, listen, let's do some things. Yeah. Within 24 hours, we had the most (laughs) jam-packed schedule He's like, we're gonna go to seven open houses, podcasts, meet and greet. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. We had a we we had a light keynote mixed in there, right? Remember, we, we had a light keynote mixed in there. Well, listen, dude, I, I'm <laughs> a light keynote mixed in there, but I called you right yeah. back when you yeah, sent yeah. me that text. I'm yeah. like,
1: yeah, no, nah, yeah, no.
0: <laughs> no, but I I'm I'm glad you reached out. Um, it was an amazing day. Had a great opportunity to see some really cool things. But listen, here's the deal on the podcast. Look, TM3 Impact is all about interviewing amazing people doing big things, right? So how did I get on here? Uh, Well, you know, I mean, look, wait, hold on. Zoom in on the watch. I mean, look, that's how we got here. (laughs) That's it right there. So I want to start off. Look, we're going to do this. You know know what my favorite thing
1: about this watch is? I, I need to know. So I had this watch when I was younger. It was fake. And now I got it now that it's real. Okay. So that's my favorite thing about this watch. I had this watch when I paid $40 for it. Okay. The first time around. Because, you know, I'm always talking about fake it till you make it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I was rolling up to, uh, to meetings that I probably shouldn't have been in and that were out of my league. And I had this fake watch on to, you know, I wanted to impress people.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, now I got the real one. Now it's real. So that, that's the story about this watch. So that's why you're here. I mean, look, you've done it. And so, but what I want to do is go back because what I like to know is I want to go back to Josh Altman, middle school, Josh Altman. I want to know that guy and how did that guy end up here? So tell me about middle school, Josh Altman.
1: Oh man, (laughs) you got to read the book for that one. That's that, that goes way back. I can't remember the property I saw last week. You want to know about middle school, Josh Altman? Uh, I'll just give you some cliff notes. Uh, uh, horrible student okay definitely learning disabilities uh was told by many uh uh guidance teachers that uh, i probably should stay away from anything that uh, career-wise uh uh had to do with any intelligence whatsoever uh took untimed tests because i couldn't handle the pressure and because my uh I forgot what it was, ADD or ADHD yeah, yeah. or whatever it was. I couldn't concentrate, so that was middle school. Josh Altman. yeah, 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 yeah. So I, 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 if I was a stock, I probably wouldn't have invested in me as a, as a middle schooler. But isn't that amazing?
0: Think about that, right? Like like everybody has a beginning. Everybody's got to start. So you realize that, and then you found something. What was the thing that you found? Was it football? Is that what you found that really got you kind of motivated to strive for? Bigger things? Yeah, you know what?
1: Football was, uh, was an important part of it. Uh, I, I think just growing up through certain experiences and, and not so much in school, but out of school okay. uh, was part of it. Um, I, I think my parents actually, uh, they said that I kind of quote unquote came out of my shell uh, when I was in my senior show. Because I, I know, okay. believe it or not, okay. like I, was, uh, uh, I was a pretty shy person. And, uh, I yeah, I don't know. Sometimes when I was on stage, I I wasn't shy. yeah And, you know, the funny thing about that senior show was there are a couple celebrities in that senior show that went to my high school because we were all in the same class that ended up becoming very famous. Interesting. One of the guys, two of the guys were on the show The Office. Yeah. You ever seen The Office? My favorite show. Okay. So John Krasinski, a good friend of mine in high school, you know. We were you know, he just no one knew of anything. We were he was actually a really good student. And so I had one of the lead roles, he had the other lead role, and then it was written by a guy who was on the office, a guy named Ben Novak. Ben Novak. Uh, yep. Who wrote the office? Was and, that the temp? Yeah, it's yeah, a temp? yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Of course. Yeah, so yes. now every oh, once in a while I'll be rolling around in LA and I'll run run into these guys, and it's just so funny because you know we we go way back, yeah, and
0: uh, uh, yeah, small world. That's nuts. okay. so so senior shell show, you come out of your shell, but I remember so i I started reading your book and listen. If you don't have the book, the Altman Close, you need to go get it. If you're in real estate, if you're in any kind of negotiation, go get the stinking book. Yeah, anything. Okay? Sales. Sales, whatever. Whatever. Right? Yeah. Entrepreneur. If you're an entrepreneur, go get the book. 100%. Now, you tell a story, and and this was a story. We kind of mentioned it earlier when we were walking around the Pearl. You tell a story about your first negotiation, and that was where you talk your parents into letting you stay home with your brother so that you could go to football camp. That's right. Yeah. Do you remember the story?
1: Yeah, I remember it. You know, I, I was telling you earlier, I had to call my mom for some of those stories, but uh, uh, it was, I, I, I was trying to talk myself out of a family vacation, yep. basically, and ended up staying home and went to football camp and then ended up becoming a better kicker, Yep, adding a few, yeah, I think it was five or eight yards to my yeah. kick. Yes. And then, that, of course, that led to uh, college and, and, and college football, et cetera.
0: And uh, yeah, you know. I don't even remember yeah. what it was in the book. Yeah, that's wild. So so I'm now my question was, when I was thinking about this, I said, okay, I need to know, and I don't think anybody's ever asked you in all your podcasts, how long was your longest field goal that you kicked in a game?
1: It was uh, 63 in practice, 45 in a game. In a game. And then, you know, years later... Which was a few years ago, many, few- many decades later. Okay. Uh, uh, I was on, um, uh, what's his name show? Dan Patrick. Okay. And Dan and I like to mess with each other. Yeah. He's a big million-dollar listing fan, and I'm a big fan of his. Okay. And uh, uh, he always likes to make fun of me and bet that I couldn't kick a 45-yard field goal uh, now that I'm, you know, f- I think I was 38 at the time. I'm okay. 40 now. Okay. Okay. And he said, I'll tell you what, Josh. Because he, Oh, he said, how much would you pay to get one kick in a game? Because, you know, I was a backup kicker. Yeah. And I said, I'd pay $100,000, Dan. 100000 if Syracuse lets me go and kick in an actual game. Yeah, yeah. And he said, well, Josh, we're going to give you that moment. He said, I'll tell you what we'll do. We're not going to get you on the field of Syracuse, but we're going to... Get you uh, uh, at Beverly Hills High School, which was okay. around the corner. We're gonna get you kicking a forty-five yard field goal, and I'm gonna air it. And he said, if you make it, I'm gonna air it, and if you miss it, I'm gonna air it. But I'm gonna give you that moment, that okay. moment that you've you know that you've waited so long for. Okay. And so the next day, we showed at Beverly Hills High School him and his camera crew. Actually, it wasn't him; just his camera crew. Yeah. And uh, so I was nervous that I was gonna miss the kick, and uh, so I wore a suit. So I'm wearing a suit, getting ready to kick a 45-yard field goal because I wanted to have an excuse just in case I missed the field goal. Hey, I was just planning ahead, you know. And and I went, out, but it was a very loose suit, and I put on my my kicking shoes. <laughs> my kicking shoes.
0: That's and a, I went With a suit. Out there. With a suit. That's I went out there. My brother
1: was my holder because he okay. was a kicker, and I nailed a 45-yard field goal at the age of 38 not having kicked in well over a decade. Uh, And and I nailed it through the uprights on, you know, in front of the cameras. And you guys can go check that out. Just Google Josh Altman (laughs) Dan Patrick kicks 45-yard field goal.
0: Um, so there
1: you go. I still got it. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I still got it. I hit the gym hard. I hit cardio hard. Me, you were talking about boxing earlier. Maybe we'll hit the ring in the morning. Boy, Tony is ready.
0: Let me tell you, Tony
1: is ready. Before my (laughs) speech, I'm going to go. We're going to go box. All right.
0: I love it. I love it. So, okay, dude, a 45 yarder literally. Two years ago. Yeah, that's it. I think my hamstring would have literally imploded on impact. I think – I well,
1: not only did I pull muscles, but my brother pulled a muscle celebrating after he held the ball. Okay, that's – but that's <laughs> after the fact. Nobody remembers that. They just of course, remember the
0: kick. The kick went in. The kick went in. That's killer. So, again, most people know your story, right? So, uh, uh, they, you go from – You know, you're like okay, go from Syracuse, play D1 football. A lot of people know that about you. You go from that, and you decide I'm gonna follow my brother. Your brother was an agent, right? And you decide I'm gonna go to LA. Now, in your mind, were you thinking I'm gonna go out there to be an agent, or you're just like, let's just see what happens? Not not a real estate agent. He was a talent agent.
1: Yeah. So I started in the mailroom out in LA. Uh, You got to realize, you know, a lot of people think. You know, I knew that I wanted to sell real estate my whole life. That is completely untrue. Uh, The real story is, is that I went through 50 odd jobs. Half of them I got fired from and the other half I wasn't good at. And, you know, eventually going through all of that, you realize the traits that you are good at. And you learn things along the way. And I always talk about this. I talk about it on stage that the best life learning experiences and lessons that I've had was failing at certain things. Because you learn many things about yourself personally when you fail. And, uh, you know, one by one, I realized, you know, it sways you. Maybe I'd be good at sales or maybe I'd be something with real estate or this or that. And we don't have to get into the long story of it. But, you know, I started in the mailroom out there. I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, I throughout times in my life, I wanted to be a, a music yeah. manager. And okay. then I wanted to be a talent agent. And then I wanted to be... Uh, Man, I don't even know. I mean, it, whatever it was, million different things. Yeah. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, I, 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 for people who have not heard my story, uh, it was when I had saved up that first $5,000 that I ever made it being in the mailroom in LA. And I took it and I invested it in real estate. Okay. And I invested it because the people I was delivering mail to, uh, I used to pick their brain on their time because I would pay to bring them to lunch. I'd use my paycheck to take them out to lunch and pick their brain. And uh, they kept on talking about real estate and investing in real estate. So I said, well, that's what I want to do. And I took that five grand. I bought my first place with my brother. We each had five grand and we ended up making $200,000 profit. And the rest was history. And so very quickly I learned, wait a (laughs) minute. I don't want to be in the mailroom anymore. I want to do real estate because I just made more money than I've made in my entire life in one transaction rest is history. And of course you can read about that in the first or second book. And, uh,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's how we got there. I love it. I love it. So I, now, now you were the first that, did, 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 did Matt jump on the real estate train with you? And once you, did you dive in and get your license? Cause in the book, and again, I'm telling you, people get this book, the Altman clothes, this book, Josh literally lays out the blueprint I mean, you tell people what questions to ask well, uh, that was in so, the listing yeah. appointment. Well, not you know? only that,
1: it, it just in, look. think about how many times you negotiate in a day. True. I negotiate with my wife all the time. Yeah. I negotiate with my baby daughter, Lexi. Yeah. You know, hey, hey, give me that, Lexi. Give me that toy. I'll give you some, uh, I don't know, pa- pancakes, whatever. Right. You know, everything's a negotiation. Yep. And uh, uh, so this is not just for the real estate agent. Right. Uh But, of course, a lot of it has to do with big real estate stories, which people love to hear. They love Um, it. Yeah. So, go out and get the book.
0: Yeah. So, my... here Get the... Definitely. And we actually... you signed some copies for us, and I appreciate that. So, we're definitely going to be giving out some of those signed copies. I appreciate you making that happen. So, next up. All right. So, now, I'm thinking... In the book you describe, you get your license, right? Yeah. You're all excited, and... You say in the book how long it took you to get your first deal. You were doing, what, what did you do up into getting that first deal, and how long did it take?
1: Oh, and to answer your question, by the way, which I didn't answer, yeah. my brother and I started flipping houses together. Ah, okay. And then I got into the mortgage business okay. without him. Okay. And, and so that's why I had the real estate license first. Got and he saw what was going on and we were still flipping houses. And at the end of the day, it's all about the bottom line. And, yeah. and so uh, we went out, both went out and got our, he got his real estate license at that point. Okay. Um, sorry. So what was your next question? So then it was, it took you a while to get your first deal though. Yeah. It took me six months. I mean, for me, it, when I got into real estate, uh, as far as a salesperson, that was right after I had lost everything in the mortgage business. Right. And, uh, you know, so I, I think I was a millionaire at 26 and I was broke by 26 and a half and uh, I had lost everything. The economy had collapsed and I'm here as a real estate agent and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get back to where I was, yeah. both both financially and, of course, mentally, because when you lose everything, it's it's a major hit uh, to. As, as a person, it was a major hit to me, yeah. uh, to everything. To my not only to my ego but to my self esteem to everything. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out how to get back to where I was, and you know the the hunger inside me was still there, but I was a little lost. But when we first, you know, we first joined that first real estate company, we did what we knew best, which was cold calling, and also door knocking, and it was just the very simple. Uh, you know, first thing you typically learn when you're in real estate, those two things, door knocking, cold calling. And I learned in the mortgage business, how to cold call. So I used to just call all day long and it, you know, I, I was very good at it at that point. Uh, so I would do that and, you know, I'd work my sphere of, of influence and everything. And, uh, uh, man, I, I, remember Matt and I used to door knock in the Hollywood Hills. We would pick out a couple days a week and then the, the other days a week we would cold call. And uh, I remember walking up and down the Hollywood Hills. I think on an average day, we probably door-knocked a few hundred houses. Wow. I mean, we would literally just just start at one side of the Hollywood Hills yeah. and walk to the other side of the Hollywood Hills. And, uh, yeah, by the end of the day, our, our feet would be killing. I mean, we had shoes that had no soles on the bottom of them by the, by the time we were, like, in the thick of it. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about... I joke about it, but we really did ice our knuckles sometimes at the end of the day because we were just like, they hurt. Yeah, we door knocked so many houses that it hurt. But you know, once you get that first deal, and we needed that first deal, that commission, like we needed air. Let me tell you. And uh, uh, eventually, you know, it's what what I like about real estate is you can become an expert at it. And once you close one deal, you become better and better and better, and then the snowball kind of gets bigger and bigger and you know, eventually you're going to have some pretty serious success, which unlike other businesses, you could be working hard your whole life and not have that success. I feel like there's a better chance of having success as a real estate agent, uh, the longer and more, you know, seasons you are at it and, and mm-hmm. it's
0: just gonna it's gonna happen. But it takes time. It definitely it takes, takes time. It takes time. I, I think the one thing for if, if you're if you are a realtor listening to this and we have a lot of realtors that do listen, if they're listening right now, hear what he just said, it it there's action. Like deals didn't just fall in your lap. <laughs> definitely not. Right? Definitely not. No, I'm the guy on the show where, where no deals were, were given to me or falling on my lap. That's right. For sure. And, but, but now I want to ask you this. So let's flip it. Let's go now. You've been in the business how long? How long have you been an agent?
1: Um, I mean, I've had my license since about 2003.
0: Okay. So now think about this. Since 2003, how many deals have just showed themselves to you that just, hey, can you just write this up for me? Oh
1: well, I mean now, now, now yeah, this of day,
0: yeah, now a lot, right? But yeah. but why, right? Like, how did that happen? Well, I think look, I, I I'm
1: known around town for a couple things, but one thing that I'm definitely known for is being an expert at what I do and being the best at what I do, being confident at what I do, and and really being the go-to person when it comes to negotiating the best deals for my clients. And everybody knows I treat my clients' money like I treat my own. And you know, when you have that reputation. People tend to talk, right? So, uh, all around town, I start to get that reputation. Friends that I do deals with and did well for, uh, they tell their friends. Yep. And next thing you know, my business turned completely to an incoming call center. Mm. And I don't even remember the last time I dialed out.
0: See, that's huge. That's what you just said right there is so big because you put all that work on the front end. And then now you're starting to reap the rewards of all that hard work. Oh yeah, and it didn't happen
1: overnight. It no. Had, it, so I didn't close my first deal in six months. My first uh, second year in the business, I sold twelve million dollars of real estate, which, by the way, in L.A. is not a lot. Right. You know, we're talking about three houses, right? Right. right. And uh, and then you know the next year was something around like thirty-eight million, and now we're rocking and rolling, and we're we're. Twenty four seven. I mean, yeah. this isn't like casually being a real estate agent. Right. Right? This is first person in the office, last one to leave, up all night trying to figure out how we're going to be the best of the best. Studying areas, studying inventory, uh, uh, talking to our mentors. You know, being everywhere in LA, telling everyone what we do. And you know, then the next year we kind of hit it out of the park and we hit eighty something million. And then the next year was hundred and fifty. And then we sold $500 million in a 24-month period. And then next year, we sold $500 million in a 12-month period. And
0: uh, so, look, it, it, it seems fast, but it actually was not fast at all. Right. It's really the compounding effect, right? You started compounding a lot of these relationships, a lot of these people, and it just started to flow. And so I, I go back because it was interesting to me. You talk about a lot of deals in here. There's a lot of deal stories, right? Yeah. And I remember in the last book, and you shared this at. Oh, are you ready for this? I, I, I saved this for you. Check this out. Now, people on the podcast, you're going to have to watch the video. <laughs> but check out this bad oh boy. Oh, my God. Josh, you remember that?
1: To so the best <laughs> magazine in the business, Sell the Dream. Look at that cocky guy. Sitting yes, in front sir. Of his 427.
0: Uh, that was the uh, cobra, cobra, right?
1: The Cobra. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I sold that car to buy my wife our wedding ring. There you her go, wedding smart man. <laughs> <laughs> smart man, that's well, a funny. Listen, that's so funny. You still I have wanted that. to
0: I wanted to show that because you shared a story, and I really want you to share it again. You shared the story of um, Tyler Perry, the Tyler Perry. I'm at the gym, and Tyler Perry's next to me on the treadmill.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you you remember oh, this one? You're gonna make me tell the story. And yeah, I, that's like a hit song that. I've traveled you've, world. You've,
0: you've done it a lot, right? But but here's the thing. That's a great story, but this is what I want to ask you. Yeah, yeah. I want one better. So we know that story, and if you don't yeah. know that story, please look it up. Yeah, Josh has it up, shared Yeah, Read it. it. It's, it's, it's But everywhere. it's out there. It's actually in your last book.
1: Yeah, in the last book. And okay. what's cool about this book is uh, what I did was I actually, you know, the Altman close, it wasn't really supposed to happen. It was actually just... Uh, a a, a training manual that I was um, I was making for all the agents that work for me and so I went through all the deals that I did last year and I picked out the best deals and the best learning experiences from the deals and I started writing down notes so I could give it to my agents and next thing you know because we had done almost like I don't know 180 deals last year Next thing you know, I had a manual that was like this thick of like wrinkled white paper, uh, notebook paper, and uh, uh, I started giving it to a couple of people to try to teach them, and they were like, "That, that's an unbelievable book." Yeah. And that's when I said, "You know what? Let's put this. Let's make this into a book, and obviously make it not just for real estate agents, but uh, that's how the book happened." Yeah. I love. Now, it. as far as stories, I got to tell you, every every deal a story. Yep. Every deal's a story. Uh, I guess at, out of any of them, I would speak to the one that happened this morning because I thought that was a, a, a funny yes, deal.
0: That's a good one.
1: So uh, I am in a, a, a very difficult negotiation with very difficult seller, and I represent the buyer. And the house is on the market for $11 million. It was just lowered from 11 and a half. And the, uh, I, I remember that, they had just lowered the house. My client offered ten million. Take no ten million all cash. That's what it was. Sorry, this just happened this morning. Yeah, and I, uh, uh, I I found out they were show. had four showings the next day, which is today, at the house that we just offered on. Now I'm thinking, as a rep of a buyer, man, we just put an offer in on this property, and they're showing it four times tomorrow. There's a very good chance that. One of those four buyers, potential buyers, writes an offer and then screws up my offer. Yeah. So I, I did some what I like to call one of my ninja tricks, and I I put I countered them on purpose very late last night, sometime around ten thirty, and I sent it through the agent, and I said uh, I said, listen, you have an eleven a.m. expiration on this counter offer, and I went back at ten point five million, and I said after eleven a.m. that ten point five million. Goes down to 10.3 mm. if you don't accept our offer by then. And uh, uh, the reason I did that was because I wanted to block the four showings, which I figured were probably going to be in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure we had a deal before those happen. Yep. And so, you know, because I was I was thinking, and, and the key to any negotiation was, is, is the upper hand, of course. And I was thinking, how am I going to take back the power on this and really put the heat? to them accepting this deal yeah and so i put that shot clock on with a negative effect afterwards yeah. and at the end of, oh and, and the you know the funny part of the story was is i was on a flight all morning yeah. long so i couldn't even negotiate the deal coming here coming here yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and yes. i land
1: with like 20 minutes left to finish the deal off like 10 40 in the morning and the deal expires at 11 long story short we get the deal done and, crazy. Uh, uh, and so I'm, I'm in a good mood today. I love it. You caught me in a good
0: mood because <laughs> we just put a $10.5 million house in escrow. I love it. And typically, you could have anywhere for up to $100 million in escrow? Yeah, we typically, typically? have $100 million
1: plus in escrow at any given time. We probably have about really like 50 sellable properties on the market at all times. Yeah. Uh, you know, office consists of uh, our, our our solid team, which is at this point, uh, five employees and about, I'd say about 12 agents, mm-hmm. you know, that have, we have searched through thick and thin to try to find these agents that can represent the Altman brothers, uh, just like we represent our own name, and uh, which is not very easy, believe yep. it or not. You get a lot of people who, who want to get rich quick, who want to, you know, kind of just figure out a way to make money quick. And, and, and that's not the type of person we look for. We look for people that, you know, want to be the best in the world at what they do and yeah. understand that it's a process. Yeah. And, that, you know, that's the thing about real estate and being a real estate agent. It's, if, you, <laughs> if you watch our show Million Dollar Listing and you think you're going to get rich quick uh, I probably wouldn't waste the money taking the exam. Uh, cause it, it's, it's far from the truth. You got to realize, I mean, I, I've been in this business for almost two decades yeah. and, uh, it, it's not something that just happens overnight, but you got to make sure you love what you do.
0: You gotta and it. if
1: you do, and you're in it for the long run, you will be successful.
0: Right. And it, you know, I, I talk a lot about the process. I've, you know, I've got clients and coaching clients that I work with and the process is, critical and you go over and over in this book you talk about uh you have the three things it's the open work close yeah right like the open work close and you repeat it over and over in the book and I think that concept I don't like I said it goes with any negotiating with any business if you don't have opportunities if you don't open any business you can't do the work and you won't ever close speak to that man because I think that's so good
1: Well, look, I I I think what I talk about on stage is is making sure that you let everybody in the world know what you do for a living. And what I always you know, I uh, one of one of my famous stories is, is, you know, I walk into the the first day in our mortgage business uh, in the mortgage company that I work for. And my boss gives me a phone book. You know, I think that he's going to give me some fresh leads and he drops a phone book on my desk. And I go, what is this? I thought you were going to give me the good leads. And he goes, Josh, everyone is a lead. And I never forgot that. And so, what you know, telling everybody what you do for a living is, is the open and getting the opportunities, recognizing the opportunities when they're in front of you and taking advantage of them. The work, you know, for me in real estate you know, a deal's never over till it's done. Uh, the work throughout the, the, the beginning of the deal to the end is constant. Mm. And you got to be on your A game. And you got to understand, and I said this to you earlier, it's the real estate market and, and, and just real estate in general is a, it's like a giant game of chess. So you constantly have to be thinking. And, uh, and of course, the close is, you got to set up the close. And everything you do, all that work that you do is setting you up to win the close and win the negotiation and a lot of people miss that step and and they don't realize how early you have to prepare for the close it may not get there by the way and but you always have to be prepared for it so every step that i do in a deal is setting me up for that close and i think it's a very important way of thinking and people don't do that yeah you know when i walk through a. Uh, a showing, for instance, is just simple as this. I like to do something. I talk about this in the book. Something uh, uh, I, I like, I call Josh's 21 questions. Yep. Yep. And when I'm walking through a showing, most agents will open up a door and they'll let you and your clients walk around. That does nothing. You've literally accomplished nothing in that. So, you know, for me, I like to hammer the agent. And I like to ask them as many questions as possible, no matter what side I'm on. I want to know who exactly the buyers are, why they're buying, why they moved here, uh, where they're coming from, how many kids they have, how motivated they are, how long they've been looking to buy. Or on the other side, I want to look at, uh, uh, I want to know why the sellers are selling. Same questions. Why are they selling? I want to find out the motivation level. So you can only get that by asking the right questions. And I'm telling you, information and negotiations are, they're, they're golden, they're, they're key. Yeah. You know, and what I like to call in the book, the golden hammers, there's some questions that I'll ask that when I get the answer
0: that I'm looking for,
1: <laughs> I, got <you. laughs> I got you, and that's my golden hammer.
0: That's right. I love that. Are yeah. you? T- and that's part of what you teach your team, the golden hammer. Like, once you know something, you know... This is it. We got him. That's
1: it. And on the other end of the spectrum, when you are negotiating, silence and listening is so important. So sometimes I'm going to teach my my agents to speak as much as possible to get information, and other times I'm going to speak. I'm going to tell them just sit, zip it, and listen. Yeah. And uh, you know, obviously it depends on the the certain situation, but yeah,
0: that's what I talk about. That's that's awesome, man. Well, listen, Josh you've been on TM3 Impact my man and i <laughs> i just want to thank you for your time i really really appreciate you and you know this is very very special now this is my book and i'd love to get you to sign this bad boy right Absolutely. here let me get you to sign this one all right here we bam. go bam this is uh this is a book uh this is my personal book that i've been taking all my notes t- to or T-H? to t o T-O, yep thomas Martinez. Oh, I know that And uh, yes, I, I, I definitely want to make sure that there's there's some really cool stuff in here that I want to share with my son. you know and I know you got a little one as well. I got a and, little one and a son on the way. And a son on the way. Oh my gosh, dude, you are it's the best thing in the world. Let me let me tell you one thing. My son Enzo, he always listens to my podcast. He always listens. What's up, Enzo? Yeah. <laughs> and Enzo and I do something and you can steal this. This is fully you can take it. Okay. You ready? We do resso Besso, Okay? So it's resso beso. Besso means kiss. And so we go on the bed and we just wrestle, and I have to throw him in the crocodiles. So I have to get him off the bed. And if I can do that in a certain amount of time, I win. If I can't, he wins. Okay. And literally every night we have to do this. <laughs> resso beso. <laughs> it's right, there so stinking awesome. You heard it here <laughs> first. And uh, I think we need to write a book about that. Uh, lastly, while you're putting that on, you're putting your signature on there. Um, I think the one thing that I thought was really really interesting. I was listening to a podcast and there was a, uh, on no, all dollars, no cents. I was, I was literally listening to the very last one. And you said a quote that I, I just, I literally wrote down, I highlighted, and I said to myself, I need to have Josh put this into context because you you've you've put a lot of uh, uh you've put a lot of this out there but I really want you to put this in a context. You said, "Put yourself in a position where success can happen." And I was like, "Whoa." I was like, "Listen, <laughs> let's finish on that note just telling people how they can put themselves in a position where success can happen." Well, I look, I think I
1: think the most important thing is the mentality that uh, my brother and I, my business partner Matt Uh, what we live by, which is ready, fire, aim mentality. And uh, not ready, aim, fire, but ready, fire, aim. And that's that's recognizing an opportunity when it's in front of you. Taking a shot and trying to capitalize on that opportunity and figure out how to capitalize. And if you mess up, it's not about messing up. It's more about how you're going to bounce back. So it's almost, it's ready, fire, take the shot. And then you can always re-aim afterwards. But if you don't take the shot... You can't even miss. You can't make it. You can't do anything. So make sure to put yourself in situations where you can recognize that and uh, uh, go out there. And as I say, in my first book, choose to be lucky. And uh, in my second book, uh, go sell the
0: dream. Sell the dream. <laughs> Josh, my man, I really appreciate you being on Team 3 Impact. It's time to go get a steak. You ready? Got, yeah, let's stake it up. Let's go stake it up. Take care, everybody.